welcome back to this week's episode of Spread Talk, week one of the NFL season in the books. I am Isaac Krakoka. And I'm Will Kuypers. And we've got quite a few storylines to go through today, but I think we should start with our favorite team, probably your favorite team if you're listening to this, the Cleveland Browns losing a heartbreaker to the Chiefs and Arrowhead. So, guys, what were some of your big takeaways from that game? My big takeaways is that mostly just that the Browns can hang. Uh, I mean, up, what, 22 to 10 at half? Uh, second half was a little tougher. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes in September in Arrowhead with Andy Dalton. Uh, or not Andy Dalton, Andy Reid. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> If Andy Dalton was there, they would have lost. Uh, Andy Reid. Uh, so that's that's a pretty formidable uh, group of factors. But the fact that we were able to not just have the lead, but hang uh, to the end, I mean, that bodes pretty well. My, my biggest takeaway, though, and something I've said before to a couple people, is that the Browns turned the ball over three times. Most teams that turn the ball over three times against the Chiefs end up losing by 20 or 30, not four. Yeah. Uh, so if, if we just eliminate even one of those and end up scoring on that drive, we win the game. Oh, uh, yeah, like think about it like this. Like how many times are you going to muff a punt or fumble a punt snap? How many times is Nick Chubb going to put the ball on the ground? This is probably the first and only probably one. Season. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting – it's an interesting situation because it's we are now holding the Browns to a higher standard of, oh, they lost close. Now the Browns are in that upper level category where you expect to be competitive in every game. So just the fact that you were competitive but didn't win, some people will find that as like a negative. But also week one against Patrick Mahomes and Arrowheads, the worst draw in the whole league, you know. And I saw a stat on that uh, broadcast, but – Patrick Mahomes has not lost a September game. He's thrown like 32 touchdowns and zero interceptions or something like that. Just absolutely. Yeah, he's 11 and 0 now, too, in September. Yeah. After that. That's crazy. And then on top of that, it's week one. It's not like the second week of September or anything. Uh, So they had months and months and months to prepare for the Browns. And. They had the sneak by based on a couple turnovers. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I made coffee this morning, and without even thinking, I used my, uh, my mug that says, I woke up feeling dangerous. Uh, yeah. And that just, that just made me think. Uh, it was a time when us Browns fans were first getting that taste of winning back, us younger Browns fans. Because yeah. I, know, I know in my 22 years, it's been – Few and far between for wins. Um, so when he came in and he started winning games, and then the whole I will go feeling dangerous, and the Browns were just starting to play with some swagger for the first time that I could remember. It was, it was a great feeling. It just, it just brought me back to that little tangent. <laughs> no, I get that. Um, I'm interesting to see how well Baker plays against upper level competition this year. Because the Browns will roll in probably nine or ten games. They're going to be a, a large handful of games where the Browns don't trail, you know, so they can just ball control with their offensive line and run game. So you're not even going to ask Baker to go and win you the game. I'm just 
I'm interested to see how well he plays when he's given the ball, when everyone in the stadium and his mom knows he has to throw, you know, like yeah. in situation, everybody in Arrowhead knew that Baker had to throw the ball. I'm wondering how he does going forward because again, chiefs and Arrowhead week one, worst draw in the league, but like, you're going to get like a week nine matchup against the Ravens or whoever it might be where you're going to be down in the fourth quarter and you can't run the ball. You're going to have to throw it and we'll see how that works. I think it'll work pretty well, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of go time. You can't really have the world of moral victories when you're in a contract year. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair though, you said there's going to be a time when we're down late in the game. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know because if the Browns are going to start every week like they did against the Chiefs, I I don't believe they punted until what was it late in the second quarter, third quarter, uh, or was Gillen's punt the first punt that the Browns were attempting? I believe it might be. It might be, might have been, yeah. So that was was that fourth quarter? Third quarter. Okay, yeah, but. I mean, that won't happen if you're, again. if you're coming out and you don't punt until the third quarter every year, it would be hard to find yourself down. Your defense would have to be 2020 Dallas Cowboys level uh, to be losing games. But I think, I think the Browns, I mean, since what I noticed last year since Kevin Stefanski took over is that the Browns tend to have big first halves and don't really change much in the second half. They play a lot more. Oh, they do change much, I guess. Uh, they play a lot more conservative. End up punting, you know, whatever. The teams start coming back because the defense was not the best last year. Um, so I guess what that kind of leads me into saying is that, like, the one complaint I have about Kevin's fans, and I don't know if it's about him necessarily or just, like, the mentality of being up by 20, 30 points at half. Uh, it's just that like the team seems to get complacent in the second half at times. Yeah, I get that. And I guess it'll just be one of those, like, we'll wait and see. Um, yeah, but for the first time in my life, we're holding the Browns to a higher standard of moral victory, which is pretty cool. And it's like, in uh, oh. so. I, I remember moral victories used to be, Oh, Deshaun Kaiser only threw one red zone interception this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do not miss those days. Yeah, I don't either. That was quite. Oh. I, I still remember where I was when the Browns clinched the seventh or the 16 loss here. So do I. I remember watching Corey Coleman drop the pass. Yep. I was, I was at work at Chipotle <laughs> and, uh, I went to the back, or no, I was working in the back that day. So I had the the Browns game on the radio. Uh-huh. Uh, That's funny. And I, I hear him say, Corey Coleman's open on the sideline, pass, goes to him, through his hands, <laughs> Steelers ball, game over, <laughs> pretty much. And it's too bad because that was actually a perfect pass. But I remember that very well, too. That was also a week when the Steelers rested every single starter. <laughs> yeah, so, that was disrespectful, but I mean, not really because we still couldn't even beat them. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Brown's football is actually meaningful and I'm here for it. Anyways, yep. 
another thing that I want to talk about uh, as the Ohio State fan and resident of Chicago that I am, Justin Fields. And I want to know when he will be starting a game of football because the Chicago Bears have the worst schedule in the league. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. Um, let's look ahead. They have Lion, or they have, excuse me, they have Bengals, Browns, Lions, and Raiders. That's not the worst in the world. They then have Packers, Buccaneers, Niners, Steelers, Ravens. They get a break with the Lions. They have the Cardinals, a team with J.J. Watt and a man that just got five sacks in one game. The Packers, the Vikings defense, which always shows up. The Seahawks in December. They get a break with the Giants, and then they end with the Vikings. So this Bears schedule is awful, especially for a first-year quarterback. And if I was Matt Nagy, I would be pushing for Justin Fields to make his NFL debut against probably the Browns. The starting debut? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I guess he. I guess yeah, he did I, debut. He did score a rushing touchdown. My my friend Nathaniel st- drafted Justin Fields in fantasy because he's a big Justin Fields fan, um, and he's like, I don't follow the NFL too much. I want to root for my Ohio State guys, and I was like, okay, fine. And he just accidentally left Justin Fields in the starting position, and so we were all giving him crap for it. But in the end, it kind of worked out because it was like he benched Aaron Rodgers and started Justin Fields accidentally, let me be clear, accidentally. (laughs) Justin Fields somehow scored a rushing touchdown in that game, and Aaron Rodgers decided to not show up for a game of football. He decided that football no longer sparks joy. Anyways, I think you give Andy Dalton one more week. If Andy Dalton loses to the Bengals, I think the city of Chicago is going to want to um, King Louis Matt Nagy. So that's why I think it, he'll probably start against the Browns week three. And that's not a great draw because the Browns defense is good, not great, but good. Um, they've got I mean, an they'll get they'll get after him. That's they've got sure. an incredible pass rush. That's not something that the Bears can stop very well at all. That offensive line is horrid. And you look at the AFC North matchups. He's got. The Bengals don't have a lot of pass rush, but like the Browns, Ravens, and Steel, the Steelers have the best front seven in football, in my humble opinion. They don't do much well other than Chase Claypool on the offense, and their secondary is not great, but their front seven's incredible. That's going to give Justin Fields fits. The Ravens' defense always comes to play. Their linebackers are, for some reason, always top five in the league, even when they don't have a lot of talent at the position money-wise. And then the Browns have two number one overall picks coming off the edge. So anyways, this is tangential. This is just discussion about the AFC North, but I'd start Justin Fields week three. You need to get him a couple games under his belt before, because the Lions and the Raiders weeks four and five, I think he will be starting. And I can say that probably with confidence. And at that point, you're not going to take him back out and put Andy Dalton back in the game unless you really need to. Um, And if you're waiting until he gets that absolutely brutal five game stretch, I think you're going to look up after those five weeks and see the bears go. zero and five Justin Fields has a weekly average QBR of 50. 
you know, like four touchdown passes, eight interceptions, a fumble lost, 150 yards passing on the day. Like it'll be really difficult to get anything going in those games. So I think you give him a couple little front tosses before you put the live machine on him. Yeah. I don't know. That's my take. I, I agree with that. Let him try and get a little steam, a little momentum. Um, but, I mean, me being kind of the devil's advocate that I am, um, and big baseball fan kind of plays into this, but, like, maybe you don't want some of those good teams to have a book on him before, before he plays, you know? Um, I get that for sure. Maybe, maybe you want him to practice and whatever. Uh, if he takes first team reps, if he doesn't, whatever. Um, and then just make sure he's ready. And if he's ready, throw him under the fire. Teams won't know really how to stop them. I mean, and until there's a book on him, I know that's the case for baseball. Um, you see a lot of rookies who will come up and have blazing starts. Um, and then a couple of weeks pass by and the league catches up to them. Um, it's just yeah. all about. Well, that's what happened. To, yeah. That's what happened to Jalen hurts last year against the saints. The Eagles absolutely boat raced the saints. The Eagles finished at like four and 12. The saints were a playoff team, but like, this was the first year where they had publicly announced that Carson Wentz wouldn't start while well, he was like a healthy bench and Jalen Hurts would be the guy. And then Jalen Hurts destroyed the Saints. After that, Jalen Hurts was fine. He was league average. Um, but no, yeah, that's happened quite a bit. And I would be very unsurprised if that same trajectory happened with Justin Fields, just because especially for mobile quarterbacks. And I do think Matt Nagy's a gifted play caller. He's gotten Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs twice and was an iced kicker away from winning one of those games, you know? So he's a gifted play caller. Also, those defenses were incredible. Yeah, I agree. I do think the Bears defense right now is still top 10. Um, It'll, yeah, just with mobile quarterbacks, you can open up the playbook more. I think you'd keep opposing defensive coordinators on their toes, at least in the beginning. Um, and that's kind of the career trajectory Lamar Jackson's faced, right? Not to say that he was bad last year, not to say that he'll be bad this year, but he, run, he won MVP in his second year, having started probably four games his rookie year. So that first full campaign, he won league MVP, so... Oh, out. I'm getting a knock at my door. Oh, uh, sorry, I'm on the phone. Okay. Anyways, maybe I won't edit that out. That was funny. Uh, housekeeping just by my room to see if they could clean up. Um, anyways, we had a storm last night and I left my window open, so my rug's kind of damp. That's gross. Yep, but I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving in two days, so it's not really my problem. Anyway, where were we? Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, right? I think he'll start against the Browns. I guess only time will tell, though. I think I think Matt Nagy's on a on a ticking time clock right now. Um, the Bears fans are expecting more, as they probably should. 
So we'll see. He's under a microscope. It, at this point, it seems like he can't win. Um, so, so you're right. Only time will tell. But he's definitely going to be criticized for whatever decision he makes. Yeah, I agree. So our boy Urban had his NFL debut this past weekend. I know you had some choice words for him. Maybe. Yeah, what did you think was, about the Jags-Texans game? I just, I think the Jags are in for, like, Jags fans are in for a long year. Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're getting demolished by the Texans with Tyrod Taylor, nothing against Tyrod Taylor, I love him, former Brown. Uh, <laughs> Brown's legend. But, you're getting demolished by the Texans with that non-existent defense. Tyrod Taylor, Mark Ingram, Pharaoh Brown was, I think, their second leading receiver in that game. Pharaoh Brown, um, Brown's legend. Who, yeah, he was on the Browns practice squad and, you know, like a fourth string tight end for like two the fourth years. string tight end um, when they were bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let that You're be getting said. demolished by that team. That is fourth tough. string to Gary it. Barnage. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Gary Barnage, Jim Dre. Uh, this is not a slight of Gary Barnage. The barn door was awesome, but anyways, yeah, he was. Uh, just wow. Um, the I think the Jags. Are, I don't. I don't know what the deal is in Jacksonville. But I don't, I don't get the the aversion to James Robinson. Um, the man just put up what something like thirteen hundred yards or something last year as an undrafted rookie. He was he was the one bright spot on that probably entire team. Um, yeah. And so then, what do you do? Naturally, you go draft a first round running back uh, after you find a diamond in the rough as an undrafted free agent. Um, you go and you draft the first round running back, um, which is a weird thing to do. And then he gets hurt. So you think naturally, oh, James Robinson's going to be back to being the bell cow. No, he's out touched by Carlos Hyde. <laughs> and Sounds first you might, say, you might say negative game script, whatever. No, Carlos Hyde is less of a receiving back than James Robinson is. So James Robinson should have been on the field probably every single snap. Uh, I don't know if there was an injury issue or something. I didn't watch the game, admittedly. Um, but I, I don't know what it was. I don't, I don't get the aversion to James Robinson, who was, you know, the one. The one good player on that team last year. Um, and Trevor Lawrence, I don't like him. Uh, as an Ohio State fan, I don't like him. <laughs> but from from the highlights I watched of that game, he didn't look amazing. Looking at the numbers and the highlights, 332 yards, three touchdowns, three picks, QBR of 14. Um, that's not that's not very good. No, it's not. And he'll be fine. Yeah, he's too talented to not be fine. He'll be fine. But it was bizarre. It was bizarre to witness, um, especially given all the crazy stuff that's happened with the Texans this offseason. 
Um, I guess I just am, I don't really have an answer for why. I mean, I didn't think the Jaguars would win week one. Actually, no, I take it back. I did think the Jaguars would win week one because it was the Texans. But if you look at both of these teams, look at their units, which unit do they do better than anyone else? Both teams combined, given that Deshaun Watson's on the sideline, maybe Jacksonville's receivers. I like Chenault and I like DJ Chark. Maybe some teams have worse receivers, but like, what do these teams do better than other teams in the league? Like nothing. So it's a battle of the two worst teams in the NFL. And there was a clear, clear distinction between the Texans and the Jaguars. Um, I still think the Texans are going to be the worst team in the league record-wise this year, and they will get the number one overall pick, and they'll probably draft Spencer Rattler. But it, it was Which is a whole other conversation. Know, that's something else. Spencer yeah. Rattler has not looked special. <laughs> but just my two cents yeah well we'll see yeah but crazy I hope Urban does well I like Urban I root for him but he should have taken the job at USC yeah let me see how that's gonna I mean look USC might be able to poach the Chiefs offensive coordinator uh, that would be pretty cool <laughs> no the Browns interviewed Eric Bieniemy in 2018. Maybe it was 19. And I am still shocked that he did not get an NFL coaching job. I am shocked by that. But then again, I, it's like, he's, an, he's the NFL's best offensive coordinator, but he's also the NFL's best offensive coordinator with Patrick Mahomes. And let me just throw it up there. Tyreek's down there somewhere, Hill. So, sure. Yeah, it's easy to be a great OC when you have Tyree Kill catching deep balls from Patrick Mahomes. It's very easy to be an NBA coach when you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Not to mention Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and, and Travis Kelsey. Oh, what else happened this weekend? But most of the time, those guys are open, so you got to see that. Can you try replugging your headphones in? You're getting really staticky. Okay. Anyways, sorry, guys. Still in the age of Zoom. We're doing our best. Hopefully you're sticking with us. Hopefully you're not that upset at us. Maybe I edit this out. Maybe not. (laughs) Am I back? Yeah, you're back. (laughs) All right. Cool. Cool, cool. A little yeah, we touched on it earlier, but Chandler Jones, crazy, crazy game. God, Five that, sacks. That Cardinals game, that game reminded me so strongly of when the Browns traded for OBJ and came into week one against the Titans and lost 38 to 10 or whatever it was. <laughs> and yeah. the talk of the town was the Browns are going to be an elite team in the AFC. And that was like a, a talk show discussion. All of the actual NFL execs and betting sharps were like, the Browns are, are going to be 500 this year. You know, um, what I remember from this offseason is the Titans, you know, trading for Julio Jones, reasonably significant. Um, Ryan Tannehill 
came off a, in my opinion, career year. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that they lost. I'm surprised that they lost in the way they did, because I do think, I did think they would be a lot more competitive in this game, especially with Derrick Henry. And you have now probably a top three wide receiving duo um, in AJ Brown and um, Julio Jones. Like, does it get better than that? A little bit, but not much. Not much better. I mean, admittedly, I I don't think Julio Jones is the same Julio Jones that we've seen in the past. Probably uh, not. That's just, just my yeah. thoughts on it. I mean, not talking bad on him or anything. I just, I mean, he's my got the big name. <laughs> it was a big splash move. Uh, but my prediction is that the Texans will be the Browns of 2019. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's 2019. I, I believe we came one game from 500 2019. The Browns were what seven, nine, and one? Nope, that's that seven, seven, eight, seven, eight, eight, and one. one. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be a team like that. That's my prediction, at least. Oh, you're talking, no, never mind. You're talking about the Titans. I thought, I thought <laughs> you said Texans. Oh no! I was like, Maybe "Oh, Texans. you think the Texans are going <laughs> to be a 500 ball club?" No, absolutely. No, I think the Titans will. I think they've been okay. massively overrated the past few years. But I agree. Anyways, yeah. So it was an interesting week one. Um, I mean, we've already talked about Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Why not talk about a couple other rookie quarterbacks? Um, Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, he looked exactly how I expected him to look. <laughs> he struggled to pass the ball. He struggled to throw the ball. He struggled to throw the ball, excuse me, against the Panthers. You know, it doesn't get. The Panthers do have a good defense, but it's. They it's do. Not like, I don't think I, I mean five players on that team, aside from Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold. I mean, I know a couple. Uh, but I mean the Panth. I mean, I will actually. I wouldn't say it's a good defense yet, but they do have a few bright spots. Um, I know Jeremy Chin had a had a good year, um, okay. and then a couple people up front. But I mean, aside from that, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. um, they're just. I mean, the Panthers are probably going to be the most average team in the league. <laughs> Like they have been for the last decade. Yeah. 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 Except for the one year they decided to go to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Zach Wilson looked exactly how anyone really expected him to. Um, I don't think anyone had incredibly high expectations for him. I don't think anybody thought he would be horrendous. Um, I mean, oh, I don't think. I don't think he's going to work. I still he don't. Looked I like that. a rookie quarterback. I mean, if I'm picking out bright spots, uh, he threw two touchdowns, and it looks like he likes Corey Davis. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't too. I mean, speaking of fantasy football, though, uh, <laughs> I said it before the year, and I'm going to double down by saying it publicly now. Um, I think Corey Davis is going to put up Kelvin Ridley-type numbers. Um, but that's just my two cents. Um, 
We'll the see. Jets are going to be bad. We know that. No one expected them to be good. But I think they'll win a few games this year. Zach Wilson might luck into a couple great games. Uh, but it won't be many, if any. I agree. So. Before I land on that as well. Uh, and before and, we, we bounce off here, I just want to talk about that Monday night football game. Just to close this out, because I have never seen a crazier final two minutes and overtime in my entire life. And let me preface this story with a little anecdote of my own. If we're sticking with fantasy football, I was down by 0.8 points in that game at the end of the fourth quarter. And I had both Lamar Jackson and Darren Waller. So in overtime, Darren Waller, or for me to win, either Darren Waller needed to catch one pass or Lamar Jackson had to foster 14 total yards worth of offense. And Darren Waller didn't catch a pass and Lamar Jackson fumbled the football. So I ended up losing that game. I don't know how, but that's what I thought of that game. Uh, It was pretty crazy. Um, It was such an absurd back and forth. But good for the Raiders. Happy they beat the Ravens. Yeah. I, I mean, I like seeing the Ravens lose. Um, I, I also have a Darren Waller uh, nightmare from this past week. <laughs> is I'm, I was up by, you know, 20-something. And I checked with – I was at work. Um, I checked with five minutes left in that Raiders-Ravens game. And Darren Waller had, like, 16 points. So I was like, okay. I'm looking pretty, pretty good. Uh, not amazing, but decent. A- and I end up losing the game <laughs> by 0.76. Fantasy um, giveth and fantasy taketh away. Never been more true than it feels now. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, Thursday night game on tonight. What is it like? Giants versus the Washington football team. That game's gonna suck. It's yeah, gonna I don't be... think it's gonna be a gaudy <laughs> game. Not a not yeah, an I don't even know what the line is, but shootout. I don't even know what the line is, but hammer the under. That's my take. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I you mean, have Taylor Heine. The line is line is Washington minus three and a half. Over under is 41. <laughs> oh, take the under. <laughs> That's crazy. Washington has the best defense in the league, but they also don't have a quarterback. So, honestly, I think Heineke might have a good game. But well, yeah, anyone can have a good game against the Giants' defense. But that's enough for this week, I'd say. Um, as always, I'm Isaac, and I'm Will, and we will catch you next time with a recap of Week Two. Peace. Peace. Oh, my God.